Welcome everyone to the CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the palatial Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, March the 2nd. Uh, we're going to get into Virginia's win over Clemson, how things are setting up going into the regular season finale this weekend um, against the Louisville Cardinals. All kinds of interesting storylines abound. Of course, by the time you hear this, some things might have happened in the ACC, uh, as is you know the case when you have teams that are still trying to you know stay alive at the end of the season and, and for seeding purposes and things like that. Um, we're going to get into uh, some of that um, with the uh, the man who has all that information, at least as far as Cavs Corner is concerned, Justin Ferber. Welcome back to the podcast, sir. Thank you very much. At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. At Who Dave's on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I mean, he's still on Twitter. That's true. He technically still is. Uh, Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for our in-game updates, content items, and the uh, occasional witty banter. Unfortunately, Dave is not with us tonight. Something about uh, work and um, uh, a group that he needed to meet with for some some people that want to buy some bats or something. I don't know. Um, apparently, like this is a busy season if you own uh, a sports apparel store. So, hey, look at that. Yeah, baseball season's coming up. I know, man. It's crazy. If the kids play lacrosse, you know how that goes. <laughs> Seems so random. But, yeah, I guess, I mean, it's true. I mean, lacrosse is obviously a very growing sport. I don't mean to impugn it. Frankly. Yeah, check check my Twitter timeline. <laughs> before, before, I get, uh, before I get yelled at. Um, all right, so last night, Virginia goes down to fake Clemson and gets a win over the Tigers. Um, <laughs> wait, before we get into that, can, did nobody, was, were we really the first ones to call it fake Clemson? I didn't see anybody else saying it because I dropped it on the uh, on Greg Burton's show Tuesday. At first, I thought you were throwing shade at them the first time I saw it, and then I was like, "Oh, he just means because they're in yeah, because they're agreeable, right? Because it's because uh, what's funny is that like they're in a different building, but it's their floor, so it literally is fake Clemson. Like they brought their floor. It's not like they're playing. They just you know, have the Bon Secours logo in the yeah, middle. Yeah, exactly. Like it's their floor. They just change. You know. So I'm like, all right, well that's that's just weird. But like the whole thing is weird, right? You know, you're you're you know playing for a whole season away from home. Um, so I don't know. So I dropped it on Greg Burton's show on ESPN 950 in Richmond, and like, <laughs> I literally thought he was gonna have a like he was dying. Like he he was thought so like he was very he was very upset. He was very salty that he couldn't he didn't because it was I guess that was their home finale or quote unquote home their fake home finale. He was very upset. Nah, nah they'll have an NIT game. Oh, that's true. Um, <laughs> but he was very upset he couldn't use fake Clemson uh, anymore. That I, that it, that it basically I waited until the end of the season to tell him about it. And I was like, well, it's not my fault that that's where Virginia was on the schedule. You mean do. Um, so yeah, they go down to fake Clemson, um, a really weird game in a lot of ways, but very, I mean, I think gutty is a good way to describe it. Um, I was, I think most impressed with Anthony Gill. Um, and we'll get into that in a second, but I, I just thought that, uh, Virginia got some interesting contributions. Malcolm was really hot to start. I, I don't know if it was something Clemson did or, or, or if he just kind of lost that, that, the, the heat, um, you know, that was behind him. I don't know, but other guys had to step up, and I think for the most part they, they kind of did. Perantis hit some shots. Devin Hall and, and Mario Shayok made some plays. And, of course, Anthony Gill was just um, – he worked. He worked his tail off uh, in that game. Um, were you surprised at the way that thing kind of unfolded for them to be up like 12 to nothing and then for Clemson to creep back in and eventually take a lead? And 
Right, what, um, what, what did you? What were you? What were your thoughts watching that one? Not particularly. I mean, I kind of thought it'd be a close game anyway. I think I picked them to win by like eight in the preview. Right. Um, the the good start. I was like, oh wow, they kind of have a chance to get out and ahead of this thing. But uh, you know, since it was so early in the game, I wasn't really surprised that Clemson was able to get back in it. Um, that that wasn't that big of a surprise. If it had been if they'd been up twelve in the second half, I mean, I think that would have been kind of a different story. Right. That's true. But uh, but you know, with that much time left and and uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit on Saturday before the game, but talking about you know ACC all ACC ballots and stuff. But I mean, dude, but I think Tron Blossom game just yeah. has to be on there. Yeah, like, he well, has he has three thirty point games in league. Yes, play. and like, and, and didn't they lose all three of those games? They might have. I he mean, has a lot of. I point, think they did. Point games too, I really, so. th- I really think they did. Um, man, I'm gonna tell you, and what. it's not like they're five and thirteen in the league. I mean, yeah, they're yeah, gonna yeah. finish nine and nine or ten and eight. So yeah, he he was. I mean, man, he was a force uh, last night. I thought. You know, he was in in, uh, in so many ways um, efficient. Um, what was he like? Ten of sixteen or something like that. For the yeah, floor? he just caught fire. Uh, he was seven to nine at the free throw line. He also had like five boards. I think he had a couple steals uh, in there too. I mean, just a just a really impressive overall performance from him. He's a tough matchup for UVA in a variety of ways. Um, uh, you know he's six seven. He's well, he's listed at six seven. He might be, he's probably right at that. Um, but he's also, I mean, he's he's only listed at two fifteen. But man, he's a he's a solid two fifteen. He's strong now. He, so basically, he and Brogdon are the same size, except he's got a couple inches on him. They're both listed at two fifteen. I mean, it's it's really crazy to me to think that they could have a guy that makes me forget the other guy's name who's at Clemson, who I like so much, KJ McDaniel. Like, like KJ was was, I don't, but I don't think KJ was this good. He like, wasn't as good offensively. Nah, he was a much he, better. He got a lot of highlights on dunks. Yeah, and yeah, defense. right. And Boston game is still very athletic. Is a, a a kind of a freak athlete in that respect. But man, his his ability to still be you know to to have size and yet also be able to stretch you out and play athletically. I mean, you look. God bless him. Isaiah Wilkins did what he could. Um, you know, maybe if Evan Nolte didn't have that broken toe. Uh, you know, he would be able to stick. Because, I mean, honestly, I say, I mean, I know some people are really down on Evan. But, I mean, he's actually played some really good defense. But this that guy's a horrible matchup for, for both of those dudes. So, Virginia goes four guards, which I think is the is the longest we've seen. I mean, we've seen that lineup in, in bits, but we haven't seen it for an extended amount of time like they played it last night. I got to say, I was kind of impressed with it a little bit. Um, one, the problem, of course, is, is that you have Brogdon playing essentially – Essentially playing your power forward spot, but um, and, and because Devin and, and De- what Devin six five, um, Shaq's what six five six six, so there's still a lot of length on the floor, even though you're playing small. You know, it's not like you got a five eleven guy and a six one guy. You know, I mean, you you do have some length and some 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 height out there. So uh, you know, it kind of I don't know it. Uh, to me, it, it it just says okay. Well, you know what? If they have to if they have to use that gear uh, next or I guess this month later this month in the NCAA tournament, they have it there, which I guess in a lot of ways is is a is a big positive. Aside from just a, the main positive of coming out with a win, I, I just thought it was gutty for them to to stick in it the way they did with Blossom game having the game he was having. Um, you know, he was. I just thought that for them to stick in it and then for. For um, for them to shoot free throws well down the stretch, they made like I think five of their last six from the field. You know, they just they just closed the game out in a very strong fashion. I thought that was impressive. 
Yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, those are the games that are tough and tricky. Uh, I mean, that game almost worried me more than the Louisville game does, but just because of where it was, and, and I think Clemson's a little bit better than people realize. They're not great. I mean, they're not going to be a tournament team, but they're not horrible. They've won. They've beaten Miami, UV, or they, they didn't beat UVA. Uh, they beat Miami, Louisville, and uh, Pitt and Duke on their home floor. So obviously, it's a pretty difficult place to play. But overall, I mean, there were some rough spots in there, but and they got some contributions from from some role players like Devin and Mariel. So it was good to see that. Um, but overall, I mean, that was like I said on Twitter last night. That was their biggest hurdle too kind of uh, screwing themselves over as far as seeding in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, you got to avoid the bad losses. So uh, th- doing that was good. As long as they can avoid some tanking in their first ACC tournament game to a bad team, which they might not even play a bad team, um, they should be, you know, a top, you know, one or two seed probably. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's going to be the interesting part as we go forward this weekend. Um so I haven't looked at the. I mean, people are gonna be listening to this on on Thursday morning. Like, what you guys didn't know, like, what was happening. Um, but in the in the ACC, there are a couple of games of note tonight. Um, Miami beat Notre Dame, that, so UVA has clinched a double bye. Officially. Okay. So Good. that's that. <laughs> um, Virginia Tech's beating Pitt doesn't really have much to do with anything, going, right. but it's kind of interesting. Um, so basically, you want me to just run through the scenario? Yeah, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's let's do that. All right. So it's pretty simple now that the Miami game's over. So if Notre Dame had won, that would have helped UVA as far as the battle for first, second, third. But Miami beating Notre Dame clinches at least a double bye for UVA, so they'll finish top four and they won't play till Thursday. Um, right now, they're twelve and five in the league. North Carolina and and uh, Miami are thirteen and four. So Miami plays at Virginia Tech on Saturday. Um, if Miami wins, UVA cannot finish above them in the standings, obviously, because they'd have 14 wins. Uh, North Carolina goes to Duke, obviously rematch of a game played earlier this year. So if Carolina wins, then same thing, like UVA can't finish ahead of them. And that's all, you know, assuming that UVA is able to beat Louisville, which obviously won't be easy, but um, if they can do that, then that would, you know, give them a 13-5 and league record. Uh, they still do have a shot at the ACC regular season title and first place. It would require losses by both Miami and North Carolina on Saturday, and then obviously UVA would have to win. I think the most likely scenario at this point is either one or none of those teams win or lose. I'm sorry because I don't see Tech and Duke winning on Saturday. One of them could, uh, but I think at least one of those teams will win. So I don't see UVA getting the top seed in in, uh, in DC. So if they can win, I think they'll probably be either the two or the three seed. If they do beat Louisville, they cannot be lower than three. Um, if Duke beats North Carolina and UVA loses to Louisville, UVA will probably be the four seed. Okay. So basic. So all right. What are the what are the tie? I, I'm, I'm I'm ashamed. I don't know this. Yeah. Just ask questions. It'll the, be easier. The tiebreaker. The tiebreaker between like let's say Carolina loses, Miami loses, Virginia wins. They're all uh, fourteen and, and and five. Thirteen and five. Yeah. The third. Uh, yeah. So so all right. If they all are the same, if they all three tie, what's the tiebreaker among three teams? Because obviously Virginia beat Carolina, Virginia split with Miami, right? Virginia, so basically, Miami like beat it, North Carolina in a three-way tiebreaker, uh, how it works is basically in this scenario, it's the record versus the other two. So UVA would be the one seed because 
they beat they were two and one against two Miami and, and Carolina right. this okay. year. One went over Miami, one went over Carolina, one lost to Miami. Uh, North Carolina in that scenario would be one and one with a win over Miami and a loss to North Carolina, and Miami would be one and two with the one win over UVA, the loss at Carolina, and the loss at UVA. So they would be seated exactly like that. UVA would be the one, Carolina would be the two, Miami would be the three, and then Duke would probably be the four in that scenario. Well, they would be because they would have right. beaten North Carolina. Right. Okay, so then all right. So then if they both win, so they're both uh, uh, f- 14 and, and 4, Virginia ends up being 13 and 5. So They'd Virginia, be 3. Virginia would be the 3, and then it would just be their head-to-head meeting, which which my, which Carolina won. So Yeah, Carolina, Carolina would be the 1. So basically, Miami the Carolina wins Saturday. They're the number 1 seed. They lose Saturday. Miami loses. Okay, so that's actually kind of simple at this point. I think the most likely scenario, if I was a gambler, uh, would be Miami wins at Virginia Tech. Duke, uh, North Carolina loses at Duke, mm-hmm. which I think is a toss-up. Right. I'm just guessing. Um, I, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if North Carolina went in there and won that game. Um, and then UVA wins and ends up the three. So UVA but, would- but there, I mean, there is a scenario where if one of those two teams, if Duke, if North Carolina loses to Duke, oh, no, I'm sorry. If North Carolina loses to Duke, UVA would be the That's two. what I was going to say because they've got the sorry. tiebreaker. Because Yeah, exactly. Right. If either team loses, UVA jumps them because of tiebreakers. So if North Carolina beats Duke, and Miami loses to Virginia Tech, which I'm not saying is likely, but it's not totally impossible in Blacksburg. Um, UVA would tie Miami at 13 and five, but they'd be the two seed because they beat Carolina and Miami didn't. Make sense? Yep, I got you. All right, now, but I mean, there is still a possibility that they could finish fourth if they lose to Louisville and Duke beats North Carolina. Duke would have the tiebreaker over UVA head to head. This is obviously going to be in, uh, a weekend where we talk a lot about Louisville. Um, because this is their the end of their season. Um, f- I, I guess the ACC's gotten pretty good at this whole like not having some money in the tournament thing. Yeah. Um, so basically, so basically, they just take one game out, and then one more team gets a buy. I mean, that's essentially what happens, right? Well, what happens basically is it doesn't really affect the teams at the top. It affects the teams at the bottom. So everybody at the bottom just moves up a seed. So Boston College will be the 14 seed instead of the 15 seed. So what they do is they like eliminate one of the first day games, right? Because remember that first year game. there were three games. Right now there's only two. Because so basically because they just keep, eliminate one of those games. Keep getting kicked out postseason. <laughs> right. Yeah. So basically, like there's just one less game on the first day. So the first day will be um, NC State is the 12, Wake is the 13. So they're already set. They'll play each other, um, and Boston College will play either Florida State or Georgia Tech. And then the rest of it just plays out on Thursday or Wednesday and Thursday. Oh, the ACC tournament! How many times are we going to almost say Greensboro? I, I did you hear me? Not yeah, you almost said, just say it, 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 next week. Agree, uh, DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Um, all right. So I, you haven't the way this whole thing is going to work is the podcast will drop in the morning and then we'll get power rankings later today. So I don't want to I don't want to spoil them completely, but I'm looking at the ACC. I mean, unless Carolina goes out and beats Duke in resounding fashion on Saturday, and I guess we're going to assume that Miami, if Miami does indeed beat Virginia Tech, you kind of feel like they're all kind of going, let's say they both win. You kind of feel like all three teams are kind of going in on a good note. I, I do think that, absolutely. My problem with Carolina is twofold. One is like, does Roy have a feel for what his rotation is supposed to be? 
Because like, uh, I, like I think I, watched... he, I think just the amount of minutes that his players get is kind of skewed. But I'm not the coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels, so who knows? But <laughs> I just feel like I don't know, man. I just feel like sometimes he's some. I don't know. Like, is it Meeks? Is it Hicks? You know, I don't know. Um, They're interchangeable. I, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, my a lot of duplicity with, in that roster. Like Nate true. Britt is just like a poor man's Joel Berry. Yeah, that's true. And then they're both kind of like poor man's Marcus Page, but Marcus Page needs to be the point guard, so now he's not the point guard. Right. Well, <laughs> and it's like throwing everything. That's my off. other thing too. Like you could look at Virginia's roster and say, okay, Brogdon is the alpha, uh, Gill and Perantes are his supporting cast, and then you have role players, right? You can look at at Miami. You know, Sheldon McClellan is kind of the the alpha. Um, <laughs> Rodriguez and Davon Reed. Yeah, Dravon, yeah, exactly. And then Tanya Jakiri. is yeah. like a defensive. Yeah, they're like they're just role guys. You know, Jaquan Newton comes off the bench. You know, the Murphy dude just basically flies up and down the court. Um, you you can almost maybe make that same case about Duke. You know, Drakeson Allen's the alpha. Brandon Ingram is the is the one as the he's alpha. He's like a B. co-alpha. Yeah, he's yeah. like yeah. Um, Carolina is weird because like you feel like I mean Bryce Johnson clearly has become the alpha, but that team I feel like is better when when Page is is the guy. Um, and yeah, I don't think Bryce Johnson's like a like a guy that's supposed to lead a team in scoring. Right, exactly. I mean, because so a lot of his stuff is just putbacks. Um, you know, offensive board. He's just so much energy. Like and he's so quick off the floor. Yeah, it's so tough to. So I mean, DC is going to be a lot of fun because one. Like a lot of these teams are kind of, I mean, even like middle of the pack. Like, can you really differentiate between like Syracuse, Pitt, and even Notre Dame now? I mean, that's what I was talking to somebody about an hour ago, and I was just saying like the that you know the top four I think are are really solid teams. Maybe the top three, and then there's a little bit of a drop to Duke just because of their depth, but definitely not their talent. Right, um, their talent they're right there with anybody else, but. Um, but even the teams that are like five through eight, I mean, like, why can't they? They're not bad. Like, they're they're all solid. Once you get, I mean, Virginia Tech's gonna end up in that eight nine game, and and I don't have a lot of faith in them away from Blacksburg. But uh, I mean, everybody else in that middle of the pack is decent. So Clemson, I mean, they're not a tournament team, but you just saw they have players. So yeah I mean that's and that's the thing is that like the middle of the pack of the ACC I mean will frustrate the crap out of you like you know I look Virginia Tech might not be an, an NCAA team but they will frustrate you um you really got to put them away Georgia Tech Florida State uh Clemson to some degree same idea like that's it those first couple of days are not going to be nearly as bad I mean anything with Wake Forest and Boston College is gonna be bad but um they'll be I mean they'll be long gone yeah, I mean, they'll be gone. But I'm saying, like, the first day, yeah. But, like, day two, I mean, it's going to be on, man. I'm kind of mad I'm not coming up there earlier, to be quite honest. I'm coming up here on Thursday. Um, or I guess Wednesday night is the case, maybe. So I, right. say, I say to Ferber, who I'm staying with. Um, but, yeah, it's just going to be, I don't know, it's going to be a good tournament. Let's, let's, let's look at the Cavaliers specifically. So, Brogdon has been on such a tear that it was interesting to watch – a game or the most, you know, the second half at least of a game where he wasn't really doing a whole lot uh, offensively. Now he was tasked with having to go over and try to slow down Blossom game. Um, and I think he did a really decent job of it. Um, but at the same time, like when, what was, what was Virginia going to do against a pretty good, you know, defensive team? What were they going to do when, you know, Brogdon wasn't killing it? Um, and I was kind of impressed. I mean, I, I, I was kind of impressed with uh, the way other guys kind of stepped up. What did you think? Agree. Uh, I mean, I was thinking it during the game. 
it was one of the situations where I thought, uh, and I almost put this out there, I was like, it's almost beneficial to them, I feel like, that, that he kind of dropped off in the second right, half right. and somebody else had to do something. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's exactly where I was going. It was like, if you wanted a, uh, you, you got a road game and what amounted to an, it was almost like a road game, but kind of not a road game, right? Uh, so you had to travel. You, you still had the fact that it wasn't like a, a true road game, but it kind of was. So it kind of gave you some flavor of, of a tournament. Um, you had a guy going crazy, so you had you know the the the, the kind of anxiety that comes with that, and then you had your 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 ace kind of not necessarily killing it as well. Like he comes out hot, and then you know kind of everything dries up, and you have to figure out where to get that from other places. I thought that was a heck of a tune up. Um, you know, any anytime you can get that kind of experience and then get a win. But I think back to something Tony said after the Carolina game that he thought that this team was better prepared. CL Brown asked him a question about. Was this team better prepared than the other two? And he made the point that when you lose and you have to come back from that, that there's a certain level of of not just experience but understanding that comes with that, that the other two teams just didn't have. Like they didn't have to go through the, that 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 tough time, you know. Whereas this team absolutely did. And not, so not only did they play better competition in the out of conference, which is going to make a big deal for them on Selection Sunday, but like. They're better prepared for the ups and downs and ebbs and flows of the thing because they kind of went through some losses and some some really low spots. Um, and the more I've thought about that, you know, we we said I remember us talking in the preseason about like, you know, this team might be a better team but have a worse record, and that's exactly what's kind of come to pass. Now we didn't expect the losses to be you know, Blacksburg or in Tallahassee or uh, in Atlanta, but. But still, the, the the same thing held true. Like we expected them to be a better team, and yet at the same time, you had a worse record. Now that being said, I'm not sure I would say unilaterally that they're better than they were last year because that team with Darion and Justin was a little bit different. But Malcolm playing at such a high level, I mean that's that's tough. Um, and also, I don't think Perantis was was nearly as as lethal from three as he's become. And so I think those two things kind of take this to another level. The problem, of course, is that you don't have the de- defensive guy on the inside. And, you know, that's going to be a pro- – I think that could be a real, real thorn in their side as they go forward um, is having to figure out how to, you know, how to get the production defensively in the post, um, you know, depending on what their matchups are. Uh, as we, let's, let's look at Virginia's chances in the ACC tournament. We, we think they're going to be um, – in a pretty good spot, but realistically, with the, the the way the middle of the pack is, it doesn't really matter um, who you, who you face. Is there one team that you, if you're you're looking at it, that you just don't want Virginia to face? Man, uh, you know, if you asked me like 48 hours ago, I might have said Carolina because I was even in a loss the other night. I was pretty impressed with you know how they looked and how they moved the ball against UVA's defense, um, but maybe Miami. Yeah, Miami. Miami they're just would red be hot. Well, you know, and you're not going to face Miami until the championship. Um, and normally, they're not that great away from my. I mean, they're not what they are in Miami away from Miami, but they just put it on Notre Dame without much of an issue. So, and Notre Dame is decent. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I thought Notre Dame had a chance to win that game. So, yeah, probably those two teams, but more specifically, well, well, they could end up playing Miami in the semis if North That's Carolina true. wins That's the true. title. That's true. So, they could be the two and the three. Yeah. Um, yeah, Miami but I mean, I don't one. think there's any team that jumps out like it's not like there's one team of those two that I'm like, man, give me that team instead of that team. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think they can win with against either team, but um, well, maybe 
you know, you start to think about these things like, you know, UVA would have a huge home court advantage against Miami and DC because Miami's not bringing anybody. No, so. nobody. The one thing that's going to be interesting to me is even the day before, right? What's it? What's that matchup look like? Right? You know, don't have any worries about Wake or BC or even NC State. Georgia Tech, though. Sneaky. Right? Georgia Tech. Eh. That loss isn't looking so bad. Well, not just that, but like they've actually come on even since then. I mean, you look at you look at what they've done and what Marcus George's hunt has done. I mean, they've won uh, up until uh, their loss. Um, they last lost night. to Louisville, but I mean that was a tough game on the I mean, road, they and won, they lost they by won, like five. What, they won six of their last seven. No, five of their last six. They won five of their last six. Um, I mean, really kind of coming on. I mean, they beat Virginia in the early part of January, and then they lost what six of their next seven. I mean, they really kind of turned it around, and they did. Yeah, that. their only win in that set was NC State. Yeah, and so then they did that. You know, obviously they beat Wake Forest, but then they played Clemson twice, um, beat Florida State on the road, which Virginia obviously didn't do. Uh, beat Notre Dame, and then uh, yeah, had obviously had got a chance to play Boston College. But Marcus George's hunt is a is an interesting matchup. Um, that team with Adam Smith and the combination of of Charles Mitchell and um, James White inside is, a, is and plus we saw what Quentin Stevens did in Atlanta. You know he's still going to be a tough matchup. That kind of along that same you know blossom game line is when you have that that guy with length who can shoot. Um, so I mean I I might look at that list and say you know Georgia Tech. I mean hell even Virginia Tech. Um, in a, in a scenario like that where you're playing in a you know. Syracuse kind of bothers me a little bit. Well, yeah, because you know Malachi Richardson uh, and uh, Silent um, Silent G, um, they they are they are really really good shooters when they when they and and what's funny is that like they play on a team with Trevor Cooney and we're talking about them. You know what I mean? Like, right? I mean, it wasn't that long ago he was like a really good shooter. Now he's all of a sudden not. But the bigger question there is like you know it's such a different you know prep. You know, you got to prepare for the for the two three and whatnot. You just got to keep what's his name off the offensive glass. But I mean, like, I feel like there are two teams in the ACC in Boston College and Wake that you were would be very happy to play, and then everybody else you're like, eh. I mean, because look at it. You know, would you really want to play another have another slobber knocker with Pitt? You know, Notre Dame is obviously very talented. Duke, we we know about. Louisville won't be there. Um, After watching Clemson last night, I'm not sure I'd want a big piece of them. Early exactly, on. that's what I'm saying. That, that's the ACC. This I'd year. rather like, avoid them. Like from basically like one, we're gonna we're you know obviously so it's 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 not the full roster because Louisville won't be there. But basically until you get to the last three teams, right? That's a tough like that's a tough league, man. The ACC tournament is gonna be. A whole lot of fun, I think. Yeah. So, regardless, unless UVA ends up the four seed, they're they're going to play somebody in the Pitt, Clemson, Syracuse, right, right. Virginia Tech mold. Unless they, somebody gets upset, but well, that's why you. Re- I mean, I know Virginia fans hate pulling for Duke more often than not, but like you really need to pull for Duke. Um, re- you really want to get them into that two line because that just moves them a little bit further away. From some of you know what I'm saying? You, does that make you know? Do I make yeah. sense? Yeah. You just want to move a little bit further away from the the true middle of the pack, right? If you're the three seed, you're going up against the six seed, which right now would be uh, assuming Pitt loses Clemson. Yep. So it would go Clemson, Pitt, Syracuse in that order. Yeah. So 
That's the thing. Um, it does, honestly, to me, I don't think it really matters if they're the two or the three because it's all those teams are so similar. Yeah, but at least at least if you're the two, you catch the you, you catch the tail end of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, right. And you're the right. Worst they are one. very similar, but you're at least you catch the tail end. Of the three, you're you get gonna, the seven or the ten instead of the six or the eleven. Yeah, like if you're the two seed, you're gonna get like you're in the four to six inches of snow. But like if you're the if you're the three seed, man, you're catching like you're catching like the six to twelve. You know, you're still getting hit with it. Right, um, and you have to play that ten o'clock game. Right, well, which in and of itself, ugh. yeah, I mean it's possible if everything plays out kind of the way it is, then that's where they'd end up. Right, but, um, see, so, I mean yeah. we'll know going into that game against Louisville what the scenarios are True. because uh, everything else will have played out. So I mean we'll basically know if they win, they're here; if they lose, they're here. Yeah. So I wait. I thought the game was at eight thirty. Is it not eight thirty? It is okay because on on Kim Palm it's he got it at nine. It's at 8.30. I'm like, stop, Kim Palm. But the North Carolina game precedes it. So, like, once that game's over, we'll know where Carolina is, where Duke is, where Miami ultimately is, because I think they play Tech in the afternoon. Right. So, I mean, we'll know what the deal is going into tip-off. Yeah. Crazy talk. Um, anything else basketball-related before we wrap it up? Uh, not much. I mean, you know, we'll obviously we'll know more going into next week, but I think Louisville will be kind of a tough test, but... Um, a win, obviously a very winnable game. I think uh, it's going to be hard to beat the senior class on senior night, considering how things have gone. It's, it's just an insane stat that they're thirty-four and one in their last thirty-five ACC games at home. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And so, then, and then you have the added. The senior class has lost one game at home in the ACC. <laughs> then you home. have the added weirdness of the fact that this is Louisville's last game, and like, did did I see this right? That Patino gave them rings. Yeah, I think they get rings for the season or something. Jeez, man, what is this? that's just weird. All right, so so it might be it might be just for the seniors, like a senior class ring. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, like I understand Damian Lee uh, and um, uh, old uh, old Trey Lewis. You know, I mean, it's an interesting matchup. Just like I mean, but what's funny is that like we we thought Louisville was this really solid team. That, you know, at that point they what won four in a row, like six of their last uh, eight, no, six of the last seven. Um, going into the Virginia game, and they just got drilled. Um, so I, you know, it's really messed with my barometer on how good they are. Um, you know, because Lee and and Lewis are, are two very good guards. You know, Onawaku is a very active big. I think the Spalding kid was somebody on the AAU circuit that I really liked back in the day. Um, so I mean, I don't know. That's a really talented team. So you know, back against the wall. You know, this is our Super Bowl. You know, chance to to blow up on a national on national TV in front of everybody in, in such a big spot. Um, you know, I think Kim Palm has it like a twenty six percent chance of winning, but that's probably because it's in JPJ. But um, I mean, you know, it's I don't know. That's it's just a weird. It's an interesting way to end the season. And then there's all this talk that Rick Pitino, you know, might not be there next year, which in and of itself would be interesting because Virginia obviously plays them twice a year. Um, Somebody said that they he might end up at UNLV, which would be bizarre. I, I, this one, I, I mean, honestly, I don't put anything past Patino. Um, so yeah, that's. That, I mean, there are lots of imp- implications. We could we could see the final Rick Patino at Louisville press conference. Hey, how about that? How about that? We could we could be sitting there, dude. He could. What if he announced it right then? What if he came to the mic and was like, you know what, I'm done, I'm leaving. And then you'd see a bunch of dudes tweeting. 
You see a bunch of and considering how some of the some of the t- tweeting goes in that media room, we might get it out first. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, want to thank Justin Ferber for being on the show. Um, also want to thank him for another great uh, season of uh, hoops content. Um, thank you Thanks. for all that you do. Um, that st- you, you're not still out of the two things for tomorrow, but we're not done yet. No, yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're not signing off for whatever. I just yeah. Public kudos are fun. Uh, hopefully, Dave will be back next week. We're we're trying to do something a little different next week. We might have a couple of podcasts for you. Um, one potential football podcast. Uh, just to kind of depends on how some things shake out. Um, I think that in, in the business they call that a tease. Is, is that what they call it? A tease? Yes. Uh, so we'll see how that unfolds. But we'll definitely give you an ACC tournament preview podcast. Uh, even if I have to do it from. Uh, um, Ferber's house on Wednesday night in the midst of said ACC tournament. Um, so we'll we'll get back to you on that. But again, want to thank everybody out there for their support of the show. I uh, want to thank uh, Ferber for being on. Uh, Dave, who I know is definitely going to listen to this. Uh, hope hope the, uh, the business meeting went well and you sold lots of bats or whatever it was you were doing. Uh, so thanks again to everybody out there for giving us a listen. For Justin Ferber, I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.